Welcome to Do Life Better with Jess. Here, we are never afraid to try new things, we ask the hard questions, and we are constantly in pursuit of our best selves. It is my personal mission to do life better and to help everyone on the same journey to inner peace, healing, and most importantly, getting to finally know and love who you are. So, let's do this. Hello and welcome to episode two of Do Life Better with Jess. I am so excited and humbled and honored that you're listening to this today. I don't know exactly where we'll end up on this journey together, but I'm just excited about new beginnings and new possibilities, not only for myself, but if you truly walk through this journey with me um, and you're in the place like where I was when I started, I just truly believe it's going to be life-changing. So since I jumped into episode one and just totally threw out some thoughts to you, I thought I would back up a little bit and kind of share how I got here, who I am, or what makes me think I have any clue on what to do in these scenarios in life. You just need the intro. You need the details. So that's what I'm here to give you today. So let's back up about six years. Six years ago, I was working as an in-house marketing director for another company, was married. I had about a three-year-old. He, for a time, came to work with me. But at this point, I was starting, he was into everything. And uh, so he started going to daycare while I worked. And some changes happened at work. And all of a sudden, it's like, I guess I just woke up one morning and I felt like, all these areas of my life I was dissatisfied in. So I broke it out and I think it was eight areas at the time, but I could give you a couple of them now, like health, fitness is a category, my relationship with my spouse, um, my role as a mother, my friendships, my career, um, all those, like I started evaluating things on like one area at a time. And I realized that I just wasn't really thrilled with how I was performing in any of them. And so that's kind of what started the phrase do life better is I just wanted to find all these areas of my life and literally do better in every single one. So it's, it was a slow process. And as I was doing that, I just started to realize I had no idea who I was as a person. And it sounds crazy because I was in my late 20s at the time. And it's like, how can you be that far along in life and not know who you are? But truly, I just, I had no idea. So that was really a wake up call for me. Like, okay, I got to figure out who I am. And so over the next six years leading up till now, I lost 77 pounds. I changed my career completely. I'm still in marketing, but I just, I changed my path. I own my own business now. I I took a bunch of scary leaps. I am divorced, recently divorced. It just got, it's just final, but it's been, you know, a couple years in the making. It took me a long time to get there uh, as far as that. And if you've been through it, especially one where it's like you were both unhappy for a long time and it just took you a while to get there, um, you know, you know, you know how that goes. But literally my life looks completely different now than it did six years ago. So what I want to do for today's podcast, I'm going to throughout, you know, the next couple episodes, I'm going to share different parts. I'm always going to be sharing different parts of my life and kind of how I got here. But for today's 
episode, I want to share ways that I knew I didn't have a strong sense of self. I didn't know who I was. And maybe if you find some of these that you can relate to, it might not mean that you're all the way back at the starting point, but just like, oh, these are some things that I need to pay attention to. Because if I don't have a strong sense of who I am, it's really hard to decide like what goals I'm going to go after, what changes I need to make in my life to improve in all these different areas. You're going to be with yourself for your entire life, which sounds really you know, silly and cheesy, but you are. And so that's a relationship that you really need to focus on. I have people in my life that have no idea to this day who they are older than me. And I just see the chaos it creates because basically their whole life is about not serving others, but pleasing others. And so they never stop to think about what they want, what makes them happy. It's all about, you know, keeping everyone else happy. And that's what fills their tank. And it just seems really sad for me and really empty that they're not taking care of themselves. Because I know how amazing I feel when I take care of myself and how much more I can give to other people. So that's kind of the purpose behind, you know, knowing who you are, or maybe one of many, is you serve the people in your life so much better when you know yourself and love yourself and know your needs and make sure they're getting met. So let's hop into my list of ways I knew I didn't have a strong sense of self. So the first one is other people's goals easily became my goals. Some people might call this shiny object syndrome. So I'd be going along through life and someone would be like, oh my gosh, you know, I want to visit all the continents in the world before I turn 30. And I'm like, oh, that's so cool. That's such a good goal. And I wasn't so bad to the point where all of a sudden it actually became my goal. It went on my goal chart, but it's like other people might call it like a squirrel moment. I'm like, oh, that sounds good. And all of a sudden I forget all the things I thought I was working towards because I didn't have a strong sense of self. I was floating with the wind. The second one. This is a kind of a weird one, but I found it difficult to fill out questionnaires about myself. So have you ever seen those things on social media and it's like a questionnaire and it's asking you your favorite things, not the ones that are, you know, pretty specific, like number of children, number of tattoos, anyone can answer those, right? But your favorite quote, um, you know, your favorite smells, your favorite, I mean, all these things that are just personal and take some insight. I had the hardest time answering those type of questions. And I would read other people's, (laughs) who remembers MySpace? I'm just dating myself a little bit. I remember reading people's MySpace bios and thinking like, oh my gosh, they just, they seem so whole and confident. And I didn't know that feeling at the time. So that was one of my clues. The third one, and I'm still working on this one to this day, Um, But it's, if it's hard to speak up and say what you want, you might not have a strong sense of self. It's also, there's probably a lot of other factors that play into this, but initially I attributed that to a strong sense of self. I also have some people pleasing tendencies. And so I want to, my not, my first instinct that I have to work really hard to overcome is to want to say the answer that I know is going to keep someone else happy, content, you know, keep things stable around me. So, you know, lots of therapy sessions later, we're working on this. Um, But that's, that's clue number three. Clue number four, um, I felt lost or without direction. Now, not all the time, you know, I didn't feel lost 
all the time. But you know, the beginning of the year, you've got goals. So you feel like you've got some direction. But in that in between space, it's just like, what am I working towards? I just get up, I go to work, I don't have any, I don't have routines. Um, I'm not sure what I'm working for at work, because I was kind of in a position that that was the highest I could go in the company. And so I had nothing I was working for in that regard. So number four felt lost or without direction. Number five, my style was all over the place. Everything was pretty to me, but was it me? Now, I could probably say this is still something that I, if this true in my life, but I have determined now like what my style is for my home, my clothing, but I think I'm always going to have a really eccentric style. So I still love all different kinds of designs. I'm hoping to buy my dream house for me and my son at the end of this year. Um, let me back up and say that the right way. I am buying my dream house for me and my son at the end of this year. And I think I want to have some quirky spaces where I get to really explore the crazy designs that are in my head. You know, it's like kind of a, I need some eccentric rooms and I need some pottery barn rooms, you know, but now I know I do like this. I don't like this. I can say it clearly. I can articulate what I like and what I don't. So um, that's progress, definitely. Number six. So I needed lots of input and affirmation from all the people in my life to move forward. So it's kind of like you're polling everyone. Do I need this? Do you think I need this? Is this the right decision? Am I making the right choice? I remember when me and my ex-husband, of course, he was husband at the time, we were buying our first house. And we had to bring everyone along to look at the houses with us. Um, Not because it was like fun or exciting, but because we needed someone else to tell us if we were making the right decision. We had no idea. So that's one scenario of many where I can look back and think, oh man, we had no idea who we are, what we wanted. I think our real estate agent knew more about what we wanted at the time than we did because she was like, when we finally were in the house that we ended up buying, she's like, I knew y'all were going to end up with this house. But we, you know, we're exploring all different, something old, that's a fixer upper, something new. And we just had to bring everyone along for their affirmation so that we could buy a house. And nowadays it's just like, I'm out there making decisions like a wild woman and don't ask anyone. And it's funny because friends will be like, oh, you never mentioned you were doing that or doing this. And I'm like, yeah, because I don't need to. I don't need your affirmation anymore. And I do think there's a line you need to toe where if friends are trying to like rein you back in from making bad decisions, you need to be open to that and be humble enough to hear it. But I'm talking about like, you know, just the basic decisions of life. I was paralyzed and I could not make them. So uh, that was a really good one. Let's see, number seven. Um, This is kind of piggybacking on number six. I preferred for someone else to make the decisions. And I have family members that are still kind of in that spot. But oh my gosh, the progress they're making, like I'm just so incredibly proud of them. So if you're listening, you probably know who you are. And I'm just every day impressed at the person you're becoming. But totally me. I preferred for someone else to make the decisions. Fun story. I was staying with a neighbor when I was younger and we were getting ready. Um, She worked at the school I went to. And then I think her daughter went to the same school or went to like the middle school. So anyway, I spent the night with them and the next morning they're taking me to school. And she's like, do you want your cereal in a bowl or in a cup? And like no one had ever asked me if I wanted my cereal in a cup. And it was because we were getting in the car, you know, riding down the road. And I was like, um, I don't know. Like what, 
what do you think I should have? And so it was just, I preferred, that's one, again, one of many, but I preferred for someone else to make the decisions because again, I wanted peace around me and stability. And if I spoke up and said the wrong thing, I could, I could risk breaking that and messing it up. And I had no idea like what I really wanted. Nowadays, it's like, oh, if we're on the go, yeah, throw me that cereal in a cup. (laughs) But (laughs) I know what I want now. And um, super, super huge progress in that department. Okay, and the last one is again, tied to those two before it. When you finally or when I finally did make a decision and say what I wanted, I would feel guilt for choosing what I wanted instead of what other people wanted me to do. And that was one of the biggest things that I dealt with probably the past six years is because as I was growing and changing as a person, I would feel so guilty when I disappointed the people around me. Um, What I found was that the people around me weren't on a personal growth path. And so as they see me changing, which you guys It took therapy and a lot of time for me to realize that change is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And that's the person I am. I'm always going to be evolving. I'm always going to be changing and growing. And I hope, I just hope that never, ever changes about me, that I'll just always be that person. Uh, Because it means I'm moving in a forward direction. Even if you're making the wrong steps, it's teaching you something so you can make the right ones. But yeah, I learned that or I noticed that the people around me were not in a personal growth mode. And so why should I listen to their advice? Why should I care about their disappointment? Um, And it can be little things like changing the color of my hair. Or another one is in the midst of some of my career changes, someone offered me, my boss offered me this great opportunity. And I didn't, I knew from the very beginning when he first offered it to me that I didn't want it. And I was not true to myself and I said yes. And I wasn't successful at it because my heart wasn't in it. But everyone around me was like, oh my gosh, that's such an amazing opportunity. And like someone in my life had wanted that opportunity for themselves probably 10 years prior. And so watching me not be excited about it, man, the disappointment, you could just feel it um, coming so strongly. But it just wasn't something it wasn't for me. I have to be true to myself. And that was a huge learning moment for me. No matter how amazing of an opportunity is, if it's not for you, you should not feel guilty about saying no. And you should not feel guilty about other people's, you know, with when other people Put their judgment on you for, for your choices. Going through a divorce, man, so much, um, so much judgment, so so many feelings coming from from friends, from family, and then sometimes because you're so used to it, people that aren't that don't have any judgment towards it, you're projecting that onto them. Like, oh well, you're probably saying that because you have a certain feeling about my divorce. So anyway, feeling guilty choosing. Uh, what I wanted was a big indicator that, you know, I just didn't have a strong enough sense of self. And it was an area for growth. And I'm so, so grateful for all of these lessons and for all these areas for me to improve. So these are our 
These are my eight ways that I knew I didn't have a strong sense of self. The next episode, I have be covering when not having a strong sense of self starts to get uncomfortable and uh, what that looks like. And some of the, um, I'm going to use the word consequences, but I probably, maybe not that strong, but just some of the things that come with not having a strong sense of self, some of the effects you're going to start to see in your life. So if those things didn't tip you off and you're like, I'm not sure, this next one, I'm going to go through just some different ways you might know like, oh, that's what she meant. Or, oh, this is happening in my life. Can I trace it back to one of the eight ways or one of the eight things that indicate I don't have a strong sense of self. So I'm so, so grateful that you were here. I cannot wait to be back here with you again. If you enjoyed this, I would love it if you would leave me a review, give me some feedback, tell me what you want to hear more of. Let's do life better.